Hello, welcome to the D&D Roundtable presented by The Tome Show. Please use the affiliate links on thetomeshow.com whenever you shop on Amazon or D&D Classics to help support the show. Just go to thetomeshow.com, click on the links in the show notes for this or any other episode, and shop as you normally would. Today we're talking about a live D&D Next Q&A and the new battle system rules for D&D Next. But first, let's meet the panel. With me today are Alex Basso. Hello. Greg Blair. Howdy. Not here to steal my intro this time, are you, Velociraptor? <laughs> and Vegas Lancaster. What's up, mother lovers? <laughs> uh, so, guys, for today's get-to-know-you question, we all know D&D Next is going to be about optional rules modules. And I want to know, what rules module would you like to see most included in the new edition of Dungeons & Dragons? Alex Basso, let's start with you. All right. Uh, not rule module. I want one rule. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be in there, but I'm going to say it anyway just to make sure. Because I know they're listening, all you D&D creators. <laughs> and that is flanking. I want flanking in there. It's simple. It's easy. It adds so much more tactical depth. Put it in. Well, let's not make it too too um, overpowered, though. I don't want flanking to just give advantage. Maybe, you know, just to complicate matters, give it a plus one to attack. That'll that'll make James unhappy, right? <laughs> Severely unhappy. But yeah, flanking. <laughs> I want flanking in there. And I, I know it's going to be there, but make it good. <laughs> <laughs> Greg Blair, what optional rules module would you most like to see? I would like to see not flanking. But <laughs> since that's not really... The answer to the question, I'm going to give a shout out to Douglas Cole and Peter Delorto and say a really serious grappling module because oh, that's man. something that no one's ever gotten right in D&D ever. <laughs> so maybe maybe those guys could bring uh, get brought in as contractors or consultants or something and do it right because they are the kings of grappling in GURPS. So maybe they could help. I don't know. They I are try to grapple like once a session. And it always takes like 10 minutes to resolve. You're so right. <laughs> just make it easy. I just want something that's easy, but not, oh, you grappled him. Oh, that's it. Give me some some meat. <laughs> and uh, Vegas Lancaster, what optional rules module would you like to see at the uh, table? Time to see the rules for cat folk. Gotta have <laughs> cat folk players. <laughs> Because you know what cat folk players are like. They're like, oh, I rolled a perfect 20. Huh? <laughs> are today's D&D next players ready for cat puns all session long? I say yes. Vegas, could you describe cat folk for people who may not be familiar with the 3.5 race? <laughs> uh, they're like, uh, you know, they're like, people who look like cats um <laughs> you know how lizard men are, are are people who look like lizards well guess what cat folk are <laughs> people can who you, look like cats <laughs> can you just do me a favor and say with say the name of the race one more time please cat folk <laughs> i'm really enjoying how you're putting that l in there i really that's it's strong it's a strong l and i like it cat folk <laughs> Okay, so moving on to the real meat of the show, there was a live D&D &D Next Q&A streamed over Twitch, which you can go back and see, that happened at the end of April, 
and we're going to talk about what was discussed, which was all kinds of stuff. Everything from optional rules modules for magic item creation to rage being awesome to <laughs> loving the new background system and everything in between. I want to know, what did you guys like? And was there anything you heard that you didn't like from this live D&D Next Q&A? Alex Basso, let's start with you. Uh, so... Definitely top two things that I liked. Uh, first would be the addition of tactical rules. Uh, I think Rodney talked about this. Um, you know, he said he was writing rules for flanking. Uh, he's writing rules for um, a little more tactical decisions. He, he didn't say facing specifically, but uh, you know that might be in there. Uh, and he also mentioned that many monsters in the game. I mean, this is something for DMs. Will have optional abilities. Uh, if you want like a more in-depth combat experience. Uh, like, say, if you're using a battle map, a monster that doesn't have a push ability, if you're using a battle map, will have a push ability. And that makes so much more sense. So you can really you know, easily pick out your monster if you're playing Theater of the Mind or if you're playing with a battle map. Uh, that's definitely my number one exciting feature that they talked about. The, the second one that I really liked was um, downtime. Uh, downtime is a, you know, a way that they're putting in a system that between adventures, your characters will have something to do. Uh, like, you know, say it'll be a month between adventures. You'll have a, a system where you, in that month, you can decide what, what your character was doing. You could be, you know, building a castle. Um, you could be, I don't know, training militia. I don't know. But it's a great way, I think, to kind of space out a normal D&D campaign. Uh, and they even mention it. You know, if you go 1 to 20, it shouldn't take, you know, three weeks. It should take a couple of years. And downtime's a way to put that into the game uh, kind of without feeling too artificial or too forced. So I like that, that system a lot. Um, and really, when it comes to negatives, there wasn't anything that really stood out as like, oh, I can't believe they're doing that. Um, I'd say the, the biggest negative to just the Q&A was kind of, you know, how much I already know, which is uh, not really a fair negative. You know, I've been playtesting this game for, I don't know, almost two years now as it been, James. How long has it been? Uh, yes, about two years. So, and I guess it's just kind of disappointing that it's coming out so soon, and I I know pretty much everything. But you know, that's <laughs> that's not their fault. That's you know, that's what happens when you beta test. Yeah, absolutely. I think we are going to see some surprises. So it sounds like there's some stuff they're still being a little tight-lipped on. But yeah, it is interesting that for the most part, you know, we know the core of the game. We know how things are going to operate, which should make picking it up and playing a much easier since we all sort of will know the rules. And in some ways, we'll make it harder because little details will have changed. Mm -hmm. Greg, what did you like about this live D&D Next Q&A? I'm a big fan of anytime they're going to throw back some random tables in the mix. Mm. I don't know why that just just tickles my fancy. But <laughs> I like what they're ta- I like how they're how they were talking about kind of more the inclusion of the modules. Um it'd be cool to tack on some some horror stuff. Um you know, it sounds really flexible. It seems like it gives it's given the DMs a lot of a lot of tools and a lot of ability to customize things. And maybe it'll also kind of give a return for uh, folks to approach the game in a way where it's, okay, not, all right, DM, I want to use this thing because it's in this random book that I have and you have to let me. It's more like, all right, what are we playing with? And then I'll go from there. Maybe uh, make the default assumption 
let me ask my DM what's up. And then I'm also um, I'm a big fan of anything that kind of differentiates the spellcasters. So Warlocks having invocations instead of maybe like the daily spells as much is kind of a cool callback to the original 3-5 Warlock who is kind of broken and just blasting <laughs> things left and right, honestly. <laughs> but, I mean, if you if you didn't play 3-5, they, they had this at-will just blast that just ripping stuff apart. Like, oh, I don't need any weapons. I'm just going to blast this thing every single round. But this seems a little more balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I know I think we're going to talk about a little more depth, though. Something that I don't like and that I would love to – Got to talk about a little more is the mass combat rules. I think they're awful. Aha. And we will certainly be getting to that in the second half of this podcast. So, because there was a big article published about that. Uh, I think to your point about casters, I agree. And I would also like to add that they discuss very briefly the wild magic option that wizards are going to have and they talk about some of the random effects that can happen and one of them is that a uh, a random creature near you becomes intoxicated for the next 1d4 hours and (laughs) you turn invisible and make no noise and they even talked about some of the ones that they cut out which was you know the appearance of a hostile pit fiend or <laughs> uh 1d4 hostile flumps show up uh so it sounds like that is going to be a really fun class to play and the kind that would be right up someone like Vegas Lancaster's alley yeah yeah i i love I love things like the deck of many things where, uh, you know, you roll some dice and something crazy happens and who knows what it's going to be. So uh, I'm totally on board with you, Greg, when you say uh, you're really excited that they're uh, announcing the reintroduction of lots and lots of silly random tables. (laughs) Um, I, I I don't think we... Uh, as players want random tables to be the core of our gameplay, and and that's not uh, not what we're going to be dealing with, but having it as a tertiary feature I think is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and to that point, they talk about random tables being involved with magic items. So obviously there are going to be a lot of iconic magic items. They cover that and say that there's a lot of iconic magic items through the additions that they're going to have art for a lot of them, which is really exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? I know. Yeah. No, one of the we've we've talked in previous episodes. One thing that I've been afraid of is that we'd have lots of digital content and PDFs and less books, and we might have less art. Uh, and it sounds like we're going to get the opposite of that. Uh, they were saying they were having tons of art for uh, for individual magic items, and I'm really really glad to hear that. Yeah, I really hope that um, they take a note from the those Paizo folks. They make some of the most beautiful PDFs I've ever seen in terms of just the production value. So hopefully if they're going to do the digital stuff, they'll make it run down that route. Yeah. They've got the budget for it, right? Yeah, I can't imagine, especially with Paizo making such beautiful PDFs that they're not going to try to up their game in the art department. I also want to know, but they were talking about magic items and they said – that there are going to be random tables that you roll on to give magic items features. So it's not just you find a plus one sword, it's you find a plus one sword that uh, is has celestial origin and is meant to be wielded by 
you know, a hero looking for vengeance. And what does that mean? And how do you define those things? Rodney Thompson compares it to Gamma World character creation in Mm. that you roll Mm. for a primary and secondary sort of aspect and you're a swarm of radioactive cats, you know? And and what does that mean? How does that work together? Yeah, I think uh, they've kind of touched on this a lot of times where they don't want, especially since they've divorced uh, the expected progression from well you must have a plus one sword well you must have a plus two next slot you know since they got rid of that i think it's given them a lot more freedom to be out there with the magic items and that's only going to be good for us as players and for y'all dms out there there's going to be so much more variation and so many more funky things you can do plot points and i mean i'm also kind of biased because i think i mentioned before that the wondrous items are always my favorite because they're just so out there like, oh yeah, this periaptive proof against spider web stickiness or, you know, <laughs> just random stuff like that. So I think the more we can get those wondrous items in the normal, like plus one, plus two, whatever deal, that's going to be really exciting for me personally. I, I agree with you there, Greg, uh, a, a whole bunch. Um, you know, if you want to, uh, get incrementally numerically increasing items over time. At this point, you can play an online MMO. You know what? What's neat about D and D is it's this collaborative storytelling game. And if you read about a magic item in a fantasy novel, it's not a sword that gives you a, a plus two bonus to hit. It's it's something with a unique backstory and that has interesting effects and that heroes find unusual ways to use the interesting effects of the item to overcome situations. And that's what I want to see in magic items in D&D. And I think that's what we're getting. Do you guys have any must-see items that you feel like are iconic or were just fun from a previous edition? I mean, there's stuff in the playtest packet. We know belts of giant strength, gauntlets of ogre power, bags of holding, that sort of thing. Uh, The Holy Avenger, the Vorpal Sword, they're all sort of in there and expected. But I'm wondering, like Vegas said, I'm sure we'll see a deck of many things at some point. You know, what are what are the other things you want to see? I remember in third, there was this magic item called the Cloak of the Bat that allowed you to fly and hang upside down, but you could also turn into a bat. It was awesome. (laughs) Uh, So I wonder if we're going to see some more stuff like that. Do you guys have anything sort of that you want to see? Yeah, I I definitely would love to see. And I I think this is a no brainer will definitely be in there. Just all sorts of wonky figurines of wondrous power. I think they did that a little bit with uh, Fourth Ed. They started kind of letting their imaginations run wild. Like, I'm just imagining, you know, some little gnome spellcaster riding around on an, uh, I don't remember the type of stone, maybe like an onyx fly or something like that. You know, (laughs) just, I want weird stuff like that. An elf on on a scorpion you know, a big jade scorpion or whatever, <laughs> or even just something that's that's not as obvious as a mount, you know, but just give me like two dozen figurines of wondrous power and I will be like a kid in a candy store. Writing all of these ideas down. Jade scorpion sounds incredible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alex, do you have any wondrous items you want to say? Man, uh, to be honest, there's nothing 
particular that I'm I feel like that I really want to see that's that's missing. You know? I just like basic basic stuff, you know. I want to see some frost weapons. I want to see weapons of all sorts of uh different kinds of elements, but uh no wondrous items that I, I feel like uh, are missing right now that I really want to say. I like items with a cocky personality. <laughs> Artifacts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Items that are like, hey, hey, man, come come on. Let's go kill those dirty orcs, huh? <laughs> they smell bad. And you're like, come, come on, man. This is, a, this is a progressive state we're in. You can't talk about orcs. You've got a half orc in the party. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I think we should move on to our next topic. We got really happy here. We got all amped up. Now it's time to talk about the battle system rules, which I think everybody is feeling a little more lukewarm about. Mike Merle said in a Legends and Lore article entitled The Art of War, which came out on the 28th of April, that they are going to introduce a mass combat system. Greg, you alluded to this a little bit earlier. Essentially, what he's saying is they have this rule for a system where you can use miniatures and a grid and your minis uh, can be used to represent... Not just one person, but groups, sort of units of uh, people. I believe he calls them stands that can be used to represent ten smaller medium creatures, five large creatures, or two huge creatures. In addition, you can have special NPCs like big dragons or, you know, the leader of a cult or a lich uh as solos and the players also count as solos one round of combat in this battle system is a minute which would be 10 rounds of a normal combat which because a normal combat round is six seconds and it's sort of you know he goes on to describe that the stands would take one action if they're fighting another stand per minute. But if they're fighting a solo, they take 10 actions, and all the solos take 10 actions during their turn. (laughs) It sounds a little crazy, and like it's going to be really hard to resolve things, especially since my experience with the playtest has been no combat has lasted 10 rounds. (laughs) Uh, So giving a player a minute to do an entire thing is going to be crazy. And then there are a lot of spells that kind of only last uh, a minute or so. In traditional legends and lore style, it's very vague. So it's going to be hard to make a lot of judgments and we may end up eating our words. But, you know, that's what we do here on the round table. So let's talk about this. Greg, why don't you kick us off? What did you think of this battle system? I like what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it similar to the normal tactical combat rules. So plus one for you guys. That's great. It's just too much, I think, it's going to sound stupid. I think it's too much the same. Uh, a big battle is not doesn't seem like it fits as well the same kind of conceits as the normal you know, small skirmishes that we would fight with just the PCs. My biggest kind of gripe, well, I think it's absurd that, oh, if you want to speed things up, you can roll 10 attacks for each solo at once and assess the damage. I'm dead. You know, that's <laughs> 10 attacks, you're dead. 
they made this whole system so much more lethal. It's like, don't worry. You, if you want to speed up your hero's demise, you can just roll all 10 right away. I don't. If, if there's a bad guy that lasts 10 attacks against my fighter, I'm running the hell away. You know? Like, so that just seems kind of silly. And I don't like, I mean, he kind of alludes to it because um, he talks about morale and solos can attempt to rally broken units. But I mean, this is where the guy who didn't take charisma as a dump stat needs to shine. You know, he needs to be turning the whole tide of the battle like a good leader would. So I'm very wary about this in general. And their whole 10 to 1 thing just sounds completely absurd to me. Alex Basso, what did you think of the battle system? The, the article, it really reads like, I don't know, maybe in the last week or so, they decided they really need a battle system for a large scale. <laughs> and, you know, Mike Merrill said, I can do that in a day. And then uh, just converted the, the combat system they had. Um, it's, it's something I feel like, you know, this is a starting point. It's like a first draft. I wouldn't be surprised in the future to see this built upon. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and as Greg and James, you pointed out, the, the worst part of it is when solos fight solos and they operate on the six second combat, you know, rounds instead of the minute that everybody else in groups is going to uh, be going on. That's two different time, you know, two different round timings. Uh, and then also, if you're uh, if you're a player character and for some reason you decide in this big battle, you're like, no, I'm not going to attach myself to a group because you can choose to join a group of, say, nine other, you know, militiamen or you can walk around in the field alone. If you get caught out against another stand or group, you know, large group, your character will take 10 hits with only being able to retaliate once. And I mean, you're pretty much dead. I mean, there's no reason not to join a group. But I mean, you know, I, I love the idea of these big battles. And, I've, you know, I've never, we've never had anything like that, really. So, uh, you know, even if it's just a first draft, it's a step in the right direction. I'd like to see them improved. But, uh, you know, it's better than nothing, I guess. Sure. And the encouragement of joining these groups perhaps will make combat go faster because then you're not taking 10 actions on your turn. Or maybe you are. I don't know. We'll have to see the, the rules written out in full. Uh, I, my, one of my big worries is that it's going to take a long time. You know, it's. I, I wonder if they're planning on like, hey, if you're doing this, this is your whole four hour session right here is, is <laughs> making this battle work. Vegas, what do you think? Well, I think uh, it's if you guys are interested in what we're talking about, the article is called The Art of War on the Dungeons & Dragons website, and it gives a general breakdown of how uh, you know these large-scale war battles would work. Um, and it goes into some specifics, but you know it, it doesn't it, it's not a full breakdown of exactly how things would work. And I think we need a more complete fleshed out uh, mechanical system before I can say this stinks. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but your, your overview of it, your, your criticisms seem like they're criticisms that are going to make sense. Um, have you guys ever played sweet code It was a, an, an RPG on the PlayStation. Wow. Uh, yeah. Like uh, I never heard of that. I Taking it back. 15 years ago. All right. It was awesome. And, There's a ton uh, of them. Yeah. They, they made many sequels. And for most of the game, you're playing as uh, as uh, a party of player characters like you would in D&D. &D. Uh, and occasionally, they have large-scale war scenes where you um, 
assign your player characters to uh, squads of units and they lend some of their statistics to the units. Uh, and that's that kind of reminds me a lot of this. And also, occasionally, individual characters would have duels with other individual characters in the middle of the battlefield. And I think that's what they're trying to achieve with letting you separate, you know, your your solo characters from the large squads and that's it it's such a cool idea and concept and it's a i think it's a huge undertaking to make it, it work mechanically and when they're spending all their time trying to make D&D uh how you regularly play it work mechanically and doing this as sort of a an an after uh thought uh, you're usually going to come up with something pretty lousy so it's lousy is that what you're saying it's a bold <laughs> statement i i th- i think i i think <laughs> he did all that setup to, <laughs> to protect himself <laughs> from exactly that <laughs> no no i i think, I think it's a it's a big undertaking and, and to do it as a small quarter of a chapter in a rule book you're not going to get a satisfactory war system uh it needs its own 300 page book yeah you need warhammer yeah (laughs) switch over to warhammer rules for big battles but it shouldn't break out the ruler Uh, you know what's going to be really hilarious though when this drops DD next on whatever magical date it's going to be um probably august 19th yeah probably (laughs) watch they have actually some incredibly detailed amazing system and they just put this out there like oh yeah we don't know what to write oh just just toss up something for for this week here you go all right great throw it out there they won't care it's just mass battle and it's going to be like the most detailed module that they have out of everything even more detailed than my holy grail grappling module mike merles he said in the q a it's going to be four pages so that's going to be have to be the most jam-packed four pages (laughs) i have ever size six font ready (laughs) although i think we can agree that for a rules module four pages is pretty big you know that's uh, as far as your modules go, as far as whole new combat systems go, it's not that huge. So it'll be interesting to see. It sounds like he's saying like, oh, you know, if you know how combat works in D&D next, you're going to know how the battle system works because 90% of it's already you're, you're already the same. Um, so which makes me wary because I don't know that 90% of the D&D next combat system <laughs> is good for mass combat. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, so so we're going to have to see how all of that shapes out. But for now, it sounds like we all love the concept and we're not getting our hopes up too high. Uh, we <laughs> think that this is perhaps the first step. And if people like it, maybe they're going to roll out more stuff for it. It's an awesome goal. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, so many times like, oh, you defeated the Lich in one-on-one or whatever, five-on-one combat. Isn't that great? You saved the world. What about the Lich's armies? Everyone just runs away? I don't think so, guys. It's not going to happen that way. (laughs) Every fantasy book, like every fantasy book ever. And that's a bold statement, but I'm going to stick to it for everyone to send me comments about what about this one ends with a climactic battle between the forces of good and evil. 
D and D. It's got to be able to do it. I just don't think this is how it's going to work. Well, guys, I think that's going to do it for this roundtable. Vegas, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me Friday nights with the N Crowd doing improv comedy in Philadelphia. Check us out at phillyncrowd.com. And I want to give a shout out to the three fans I met uh, performing with Plus Two Comedy at ZenkaiCon in Lancaster County last weekend. Uh, I don't know if you're listening, but if you are, what's up? And how can people check out Plus Two Comedy? Uh, they can type Plus Two Comedy into Google. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and we will link both of those things to our show notes. It worked, guys. I typed in Plus Two Comedy, and it brought me right there. <laughs> nice. Confirmation. I don't, I, don't, I don't exist on the internet. I'm sorry. That's fine. Neither does Alex Basso. Oh, wait, wait. You can find me on the, uh, if anyone's, no, no, if anyone plays quiz up on their Android or iPhone, you can find me playing D&D quizzes all the time. I'm the guy named Alex who only gets questions related to Eberron and fourth edition combat rules correct. <laughs> That's incredible. I'm, I am not following you on quiz up, but I am going to start. Challenge me. You'll win. You will beat me. <laughs> Guys, if you have a question or topic you'd like to see us discuss on the roundtable, reach out to me on Twitter at James Intricasso. That's at J-A-M-E-S-I-N-T-R-O-C-A-S-O. Or you can leave us a comment on the Tome Show's website, thetomeshow.com. And a quick shameless plug, please check out my blog, which is all about Exploration Age. It's a 5th edition world that I'm building. It's at worldbuilderblog.me. Okay, everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks to Vegas, Alex, and Greg. Also, many thanks to Jeff Greiner for letting us join the Tone Show lineup. Our theme music, which you're listening to right now, was composed by Eric Michaels. Don't forget to go to thetomeshow.com and use the affiliate links whenever you shop on Amazon or D&D Classics to help support the show. Keep on rolling and keep on listening to the roundtable.